Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. And before we get started here, guys, I did what I'm sure all you were asking for. I got a little bit of a tan. So now I don't look like a white ghost when I come on uh, the screen. I was out in the sun all weekend. So, uh, but we got my man, Mike, in the house. How are you doing, sir? Dude, what's going on, man? And it looks like you have a lot of sun behind you. <laughs> I, I wish. I'm in the RV. <laughs> so, uh, but man, we're going we're gonna to talk about, this is, this is going to... Uh, I can't wait to send this to who I know I'm going to send it to because I already know how powerful this episode is going to be. Uh, but you just released a book. Uh, that's a big deal. Congratulations. And, you know, with my guests, I kind of let them like share the story where they want to and we'll go from there. Yeah. So uh, I have a book that just came out at uh, the time of recording this two weeks ago. It's called The Road Ahead and Miles Behind, a story of healing and redemption between father and son. And uh, without going too much into detail, because we'll save that for the interview, but it was a story about my dad and I, we had a pretty tumultuous relationship for almost the last 30 years. And, you know, growing up, I always wanted to have a relationship with him, but just wasn't in the cards for us. We always had friction and difference and points of views and judgments about each other. And it wasn't until the year of 2020 when I started realizing that maybe I wouldn't have, or I can't have any sort of relationship with my father other than what it is right now, which was talking about stocks, business, money, maybe talking about relationships once in a while. College football was like a big proponent of our conversations and our relationship. But maybe that was it. Maybe there was no more depth or life to our relationship outside of that. And when COVID hit, I got a phone call from him in the middle of the pandemic about three weeks before my birthday. Uh, before my 37th birthday. And he called me up and he said, Hey, son, um, you know, you and I haven't spent a whole lot of time together. How would you how would you like to go on a road trip with me? Um, we'll drive from Las Vegas, all the way to Sebring, Florida to go see this uh, auto race that's called the 12 hours of Sebring, which is this like long endurance race. And they race around this track for like 12 hours, three miles, constantly going around 140 miles an hour. And so anybody who's a racing fan out there, you have to go see it. It's really quite phenomenal. And at first I hear this request from my dad and I'm like, I don't know if I want to go. All those years of resentment came up and, um, you know, the fear of like being let down again, but there was a voice in my head. And the voice said to me, uh, Michael, you need to go on this trip with your dad. Maybe the only one that you get with him. And that voice was really clear, Austin. It was very, very clear. And I'm hearing my dad on the phone pitching me like he's Don Draper from Mad Men. I'm going back and forth in my own head if I should go on this trip or not. But something spoke to me. That voice really touched my heart and soul. And I said, you know, I got to go on this trip. And we ended up driving 11 days in a Mercedes Sprinter van. So those of you who don't know what that is, that is basically an Amazon delivery vehicle. And we drove together across the country, just me and him. And uh, there was some awkward silence at first, but <laughs> the first couple, first couple hours, mostly the first day. But um, 
it was a really truly beautiful story that happened that transpired between us about being men, being father and son, um, dealing with the times, learning lessons about entrepreneurship, life, and uh, more importantly, just faith in yourself and faith in faith in something bigger than you. I love that. And as we get into your story, I'm going to tell you mine so you can see where it all yeah, comes yeah. comes comes full circle. Um, I had a client. Um, his mom died of cancer a couple of years ago, and his dad has never been in his life. Mm. And uh, I don't even know what prompted him. One call, maybe I was talking about my dad and my relationship. Yeah. And he looked me dead in the face and he said, hey, man, uh, I don't have the option to speak to my father. So so don't you discredit having one. Mm. And uh, it kind of started the wheels turning and we've same same thing that you said, like, hey, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. You know, nothing really deep or anything like that. Um, and uh, fast forward to this year and the last couple of months, um, the relationships got amazing. Still hadn't seen them in person in like four or five years. So we planned a trip to, to go see them. And then the day before uh, the trip, uh, they get COVID. And so then we had to cancel the plane tickets. I'm like, okay. So we went, you know, the trip kind of changed. And then we wound up driving to Oceanside. They lived in Palm Springs half the year. And so we were there and it was like, Sunday and he's like, Hey, what are you doing Thursday? And I was like, nothing. I'm, I don't, I don't work on Thursday. So he says, Hey, would you be okay if we came and, and, and took you all to lunch? And so they came and uh, we spent an entire day together and nobody was nervous. It was fucking amazing. And here's the scariest thing. <laughs> My dad said, uh, you got over meth and you got over being an alcoholic I truly never thought that this over all those things would happen. Wow. And um, it was, you know, it was fucking amazing to, we're already planning the next trip and it's just, you know, I listen to your story and I listen to mine and it's like, but here's, here's where it gets, here's where it gets eerily. The universe has a very funny sense of humor. Oh, it sure does. So you know what I do, because we were talking about it beforehand. I'm a mentor to entrepreneurs, small business owners. I invest in real estate. Let me take you for a guess what my dad's been doing for 35 years. At this point, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, defer my guess and I just you just gotta tell the me the exact same fucking wow. Thing. We are the same fucking human mm. literally he's a part of masterminds and investing in real estate deals and been coaching and mentoring people for 35 years and it's the exact same path through all the twists and turns of restaurant business drugs alcohol yeah. all the different careers i've had to wind up and find my true north my my big passion it's what he's done his entire life how did that make you feel when you discovered that I, I discovered it a little bit earlier, not this exact knowledge, but I discovered it. And when I was in Costa Rica with my coach and we were walking at 5 a.m. in the morning through his neighborhood and I go, holy shit, my father is the first ever display of entrepreneurship I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And it's like, and what my buddy said is like, it's funny how all the things that you ran from are the exact things that you become. 
So just, just fucking yeah. wild, man. Like just it is wild. wild. And it's funny because I, I also relate to that too. My dad was the first example of entrepreneurship. He's been running his own businesses, everything from the ad agency business to the logistics to home delivery. I've watched him build companies from, you know, nothing to hundred thousand uh, dollars a month. I've seen him take food brands uh, from $3,000 in sales a month to being sold to Coca-Cola. Um, and I've watched him work on some really signature brands. So if you're familiar with Hills Brothers Coffee, in Valley Ranch, uh, Garden Burger, my dad worked on those brands in the ad agency business. He also worked on more established brands like Tropicana and Nestle. And I say all that because when I was a kid, I used to go into the ad agency office and I would watch him. So my first whole entire exposure to entrepreneurship was watching my dad tell stories. Uh, so how crazy is it that now being in my late thirties, my role, my passion in life is telling stories, helping people unlock their stories, helping share stories that help other people. And while my dad was doing it from a brand standpoint, I'm sharing this story about my dad and I in hopes other people can find healing and redemption with their own parents and more importantly with themselves. So I relate to that a lot because you don't think about it at the time when you're nine years old, you're not like, oh, this is going to be like my true north, as you were mentioning. You're like, dad's pretty cool. Or like, what does he do? I don't really know what he does, but it's pretty cool. He said, um, so also, um, you know, he got sick and he's good now, but like, um, he said, I always felt like, you know, there was this lacking of peace, like a hole in my heart mm. and to have you back. And, and like, everything is like, I knew myself, I could be extremely successful and there's still, you know, obviously there's bitterness, like of my young self. Right. But like, but just to have that back, like, I don't think it's a coincidence that I don't think it's a coincidence that since we've kind of a hundred percent reconciled that my business has literally you know, 5X, 10X, 30X, right? Like I'm just having that peace in my soul. But but here's the important question to anybody that's out there listening. Like, because I know there's many opportunities where I didn't do the right thing or I was too stubborn to do it. Why do you think now was the time that you said, you know what, maybe I should give this a shot? Because I would imagine, not that there was this opportunity, but I would imagine there was other opportunities in the past. And I'm, I'm hoping to just lend advice to anybody that's out there. Do you think that you finally had to live long enough to remove, to, to literally push past your kind of childhood self? Yeah. So one thing I will, I will share with you is, is that most people look for the answer to scaling their business, six figure months, seven figure months, seven figure years, eight figure years, uh, nine figure valuations. And it's funny because there are playbooks out there. There are many people out there who are phenomenal at building businesses. And I'm not saying none of those things work. They really do work. There are some really good systems and programs out there. And there are people who know what they're doing. But you can have all of those in place. But if your mindset and your belief around making money is not in alignment with the systems and processes that you want to implement in your business, you will never make that money. And it's funny because you were talking about mindset with parents and with your dad. I always had a rejection of money for a long time. Well, and I've been, and I've been talking about it mostly because yeah. of the rejection of money. And in, well, my dad, my dad was very successful. Yeah, very right. Successful. So was mine. right. So mine was too. And here's what's crazy about this is that 
because my dad, in a lot of ways, when I look at patterns, if we were, you know, to take a step back and look like a huge data set, there were patterns and events across this huge data set in which I didn't feel that I was as important as his work and as his business. Now, my dad always financially provided for me, but when you look at it from a larger scale as a young boy, young boys, young men do not understand the real true importance of money. They understand the true importance of wanting to be around their dad. And so I always looked at it like, how come dad's going to work and I'm being left here? As you get older as a man, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. But realistically, as a kid, I'm like, dad's choosing work or money over me. So what's the belief there? Well, the belief is this. If I'm feeling abandoned by money, why would I accept money to be a part of my life? And also coinciding with that belief is my dad all, it seemed like to me, the perspective that I drew up was my dad picked money over work and picked money and work over me. Therefore, if I pick money and work over my kids or my family, I'm going to end up like my dad, which I did not want to be when I was growing up. So I rejected money because of that. When we went on the road trip, I had actually found out and there's this, um, there's this thing that popped up to me while we were on the trip where it was like, I was so afraid to be just like my dad that anything that was pertaining to him, I rejected completely, including money. But I made the shift to saying I am my father's son and I'm more alike than him than I am the same. I actually realized that I could be making just as money, if not more than what he's made because I'm a different person. I have different values and morals. That doesn't mean though, I'm gonna make the same choices that he made. And that's also my perspective too. So once Ivory was able to release that judgment that point of view and that conclusion I had about him in, in terms of why he chose money and work over me, which was all again, like a lens of my truth and reality from being a young kid. I actually started realizing like, oh, I'm actually making money now. And just like you, like money started coming in. I was getting aligned with amazing clients. And I actually realized that I'm going to be making more money in the future, but I don't have to make the same choices or go on the same journey my dad did. I actually can make my own choices, be on a different journey, still make as much money and be okay and accept and love and forgive myself for being being my father's son and not having any sort of shame or resentment around that because of a lens of truth that money and work is going to make me like my dad. Therefore, that's going to make me bad and not like myself. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I was talking to a client this morning. This is super interesting. Yeah. And yeah, you can we can sit here and argue about money uh, and business <laughs> tactics and all that stuff. But I can almost tell you everything about yourself by two things. What you value your time is worth per hour and uh, basically your goals. Mm-hmm. And, and it can, like the thing is, is like, what's the what's the game? The game is that your mind can't go backwards once you believe it's possible to go here, all right? And so like, when you make this amount of money per month, it can't go backwards because of now the new bar set. When you buy that property that you never thought you you could get, then it can't go backwards when you start that business, right? And so all that starts from first saying, you know what, what what the fuck, what if? Like, what if we went fucking ape shit? Like what we're saying to ourselves is like, what if the next six months change everything? Like, that's what we say to ourselves. And it's like, we already know it will, but like, we just keep reminding ourselves. And so it really comes down to that belief, that self-love, right? Like, I mean, at the core of everything, 
if I were to strip out all the years of coaching, all the years of business consulting, all the coaching I've had and the therapy, it's really like, I just didn't love myself. Like we could, we could, we could miss, we could lose the 20 years of alcohol addiction. We could forget the meth addiction. We could get, forget the marriage that didn't serve me, you know, at the end. And it's really, I just didn't give a fuck about myself and had no standards. Right. And it's also, yeah. And, and I think that's beautifully, beautifully well said. And I think the other thing is, is that, you know, if you have any sort of resentment or judgment against somebody else, I encourage you to look at yourself. Because for me, it was, I had so much resentment and judgment against my dad that I was actually self-sabotaging myself and making all the money that I wanted. Everything that I wanted in life was actually- Because it's so much easier. Yeah, just taking myself out. And then once I actually recognized that the true path to healing and redemption with somebody else starts with myself, which means accepting and forgiving myself for all the years of choices, all the years of self-sabotage, and also knowing and understanding that I made the best choice in the moment with what I knew what I had. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? And so, oh my God. Yeah, oh my like, God. Dude, dude, I almost like threw up because, because <laughs> I could say I could say that to myself every day. You literally made the best decision you had with the information yeah. that you had available. And that's a and it's a very, it's a very tough concept for a lot of people to wrap their head around because. Everybody wants to go back in time and fix it because they're like, oh man, now I, I know what I'm doing now. I wish I could get back my 10 to 20 years. It, it's so easy to connect the dots. But the reality is this, if you knew everything that you did right now, you wouldn't have your past. You would have never had those experiences that taught you the lesson right now in this moment in time. And sharing that knowledge with other people is actually going to further other people as well and save them a lot of time. So, you know, for me on the, in this book specifically, it was years of self-sabotage around finances. It was years of self-sabotage around achieving my true potential. And I always had like moments of greatness. And I define my own greatness as being it's the ability for me to obtain what I've always desired. Everybody has their different definition of greatness. But when you're able to really achieve what you want, you're achieving your own greatness. And when I wrote my books and I've worked with big brands like Huffington Post, Toyota, T-Mobile, I've worked with small business owners. I love my work. I never had the consistency of it. And that was because I always stopped myself short of the goal line. So I would purposely, everybody who like, everybody watches football out there, imagine playing wide receiver, you go deep for a pass and you catch the ball and you get by the entire defense and you run out of bounds right at the one. That's literally what I was doing to myself. And some of you are probably listening to this going, I've done that before. I've done it in 75. And it's because it's not that we're scared of failing. It's because we know that there's some sort of target that we think gets put on our back when we succeed. And it's all because it's the fear of being seen. Well, they might, they, they might understand, right? So my nickname back in the day was called Rhino. Like they might understand that if they actually saw me for what it is, they would know I'm full of shit. Like I'm literally hanging on by a thread. Now here's what's crazy. It wasn't until I met higher, you know, higher level individuals who knew themselves, loved themselves, who would pull me aside and go, Hey dude, uh, you're full of shit. Like, tell me what, look at me, look at me in the face and tell me that your debt, your shitty job and your marriage of 13 years is serving you. If you can answer me and be truthful and I believe you, then I'll let you walk. But if not, you're going to sit here and I'm going to hold you over the fire. And that's yeah. what they did. And had, everything had, was horseshit. 
Yeah, I had some guys in my life, and I'll never forget this. I had a guy who played in the NFL, and uh, this guy is he, he's he is a hell of a guy. He's just he's just like really he's very strong, um, very disciplined, very focused. And I met him uh, at a point in my life where there was a lot of uh, patterns and bouts of mediocrity. Again, when I was talking about touching on your moments of greatness, I was having those throughout the period of my life. But being able to achieve that consistently and hit the next level in life. It was always like I was flirting with it again, could score almost as many times as I wanted to, but always ran out at the one yard line. This was the first guy when I met him, he looked dead in my eyes and he said, you are capable of so much more than what you think you are. I never met this guy before, never had said anything more than just gave him a hug and said, nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. But he pulled me aside. He said, you are capable of so much more. Mm-hmm. And when someone speaks to you like that, and it lights a fire in you. It doesn't matter who you think you are. Like when you see somebody who's at the next level of life, it, you go, Oh, that's it. Yeah. That's what I want to be. Maybe not just like him, but he sees something that I don't. Mm-hmm. And that was what I recognized. And it was, I saw the path before me of what I could be and what I wanted to be. And I also saw that the anchors and the weights that were holding me back from achieving that next level, i.e taking myself out of the one yard line was this relationship with my dad and not thinking I was good enough or um, worthy enough to receive all the money that I ever wanted to, to have all the business success I wanted to, to be able to help and serve millions of people like I wanted to. And it wasn't until I healed that part and I recognized that I am worthy and I am well-deserving of all the things that I want in my life. So letting go of the anchors, seeing what's before me, what happens when you actually score a lot of touchdowns in a contract year, right? Then if you think about it from a football standpoint, imagine a guy who scores one touchdown over three years, has that one big year where then he scores 10 (laughs) touchdowns. What usually happens, Austin? He gets Mm -hmm. paid. He gets big time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's me. I went from scoring a couple touchdowns a year to scoring 10, 12 touchdowns in a year. Mm -hmm. And I started getting paid. Literally and figuratively, Abundance was hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. It's that, and it's that relationship. It's that relationship piece that I think a lot of us bypass, and we don't think that's the solution. Well, it it it, it, it allows you to be open to be taken yes. advantage of a lot. Yeah, uh, because yeah. they because 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 for lack of a better word for them, fuckheads can uh, see that open wound in you. Like let let's not get it twisted, right? I can manipulate good or bad any way i want right and the thing is is what people think is that some guy let's say he's lower iq or whatever you want to say like he they still know how to whittle the you know they still know how to make you you know and so like i spent a lot of time being the energy booster for a lot of people that didn't respect me the same way that my new partners do or or said you know uh new spouse all, all the things right and and they just play on that fiddle of like and then the, and then and then i kept getting clients that were kind of, you know, a little my dad's age that like it would go, it would go wrong or it would go right. Like, so it was like, these things kept showing up and it's like, what's interesting to me is like, uh, I was, I was in California. I was, I was, you know, I was doing a podcast on my buddy's Angelo Cisco's podcast and he were talking about dads for like two hours. And he was just saying like, Hey dude, like you, you have to fucking graduate your relationship with your father. Like you have to get to a place where you're just ready to put the sword down and just be a man. Right. And I had like made peace of it. Finally, like 
I made it. And then sure enough, like five seconds later, I get a text message from him and I jumped on the phone and my girlfriend at the time was like, who was that? She's like, cause you just sounded so freak and clear. And I was like, it was that moment that was like the true, like we're, we're done. Like we're, we're done. Now we can have this new relationship where we can be, um, you know, equals and friends and, and, and still dad and son, uh, but just, but just taking that space. But, but, but what's interesting, right. Is how many people, right. It could, I'm, we're, we're talking about dads right now, but it could be so many different people. It could be a, a sister, a brother, yeah. like how many people are you allowing them or their scarcity or their whatever's to be injected into the way that you behave or don't behave because you're not doing something because what are they going to think? Well, I'm going to leave them behind or I'm going to do that. Like, you know, and how many people are just not holding back? What I can't stand is like, I'm just not stand. I'm disheartened by the lack or excuse me, the, the clear uh, mediocrity that I see people like just saying, you know, if like if I just get like 5k a month, like that's going to be enough. And I'm like, is that, is that really like all you think of yourself? Like, and I'm just using money as a barometer, Sure, right? but it's like, but it's like, dude, like, no, like that's, I don't know who put that in your head, but like, no, let's go. Like, well, they put that in their head. Right. And then there's also, there's also this other truth that most people cultivate for themselves, which is this, is that we don't understand our own earning potential. And we also don't understand that money is literally being printed day by day by some other, by some entity, the Fed or the U.S. government, is that money can be printed and circulated in and out of the economy. And there's, and when people say, and some of you may have heard this or not, there's more than enough money to go around. I truly believe that. There is so much money out there that it's like insane how many people have built successful businesses, how many people have gotten funding, have been able to use other people's money to build their own dreams. I say all that because a lot of people don't feel like they are worthy of receiving those big amounts of money because we don't know exactly how much money is a lot of money. I think a lot of people think $1,000 is a lot of money. Some people think $1,000 is nothing. If you and I went to a dealership right now and we were to look at a Ferrari, one of us both of us would actually have a different differentiating opinion about that Ferrari. Cause someone would say, Austin, that thing's $250,000. You may say, mm, I'm not really a Ferrari guy. And I think that's a little bit too much. I might be a Ferrari guy and uh, I'm not really a Ferrari guy. I like Ferraris, but I'm not really a Ferrari guy, but I might say, you know, 250, that's a fair price for it. So it's all about the lens of truth that you're seeing yourself in and the reality that you've created when it comes to earning potential. And the other side of that is, as well, is, is that you are completely impacted by the way you've been raised when it comes to earning potential and money. So if mom and dad were frugal and saved a ton of money, what do you think is going to happen? The first thing that you're going to think about is mom and dad saved a lot of money. They always worked really, really hard. They got their paychecks and they put everything in the bank. And so I got to do the same thing too. Because remember, everybody came into this world a blank slate. You were not born with your money habits. You learned those money habits as you grew up. You also learned how to parent. You learned how to be in relationships. You learned about your friendships. Your entire reality has been constructed by those that raised you. Not anything bad, not anything wrong with that or right with that. It's just simply the way that you were raised. Now, the real test in all of this is, Knowing and understanding that, are you going to make the choice to improve your circumstances, to find ways that you can achieve everything that you want in life? And if you do so, 
What is that first step for you? And most people get stuck because they go, 5K a month is like cool with me. That's great. There's nothing right or wrong with that at all. If you want to make 5K a month the rest of your life and that's going to make you happy, that's great. But make sure you are okay and that you are content and happy with that being your goal. Because the real challenge is you only make 5K, you get 5K a month, and then you go, man, something's still missing in my life. What do you think that is? Well, you could go the other way, which is 70% of my clients who've made the one, the two, the three, the million, and they're like, this is it. I got the house. I got the boat. I think what's the most interesting thing is that ultimately – I dude, I just love the game, man. I don't even like the the the, the byproducts of what we bring. Like we centered, we centered, and I don't know, you know, whatever you hold true is your north star. But mm-hmm. my is jobs. Yeah. Like I want to create a safe environment for people to be supported, have opportunity for upward mobility, and support them in their hopes and dreams. I think that's, that's it. Yeah. Like if that's my goal, then who knows how high we can fly. Right. And mine is, is helping people live in the world that they want to live in, not living in these self-contained prisons that they've created for themselves. Because the worst thing that's possible for us is living in these prisons that we put ourselves in and not knowing that we are living in a prison. Mm -hmm. So imagine in this lens that if you made $5 million a year, some people would be like, man, you have the best life ever. You got all these big houses, you got all these fancy cars, you have a beautiful partner. Why are you so miserable? Because I'm sure you've seen this in your client work, and I've seen this too. There are a lot of rich people out there who are not happy. And I believe that they're not. And you know what the thing is? It's like the reason why that they're not happy is it's not happiness. Mm-hmm. It's the alignment into why they got that money in the first place. Well, dude, don't even I, – I don't want to take a whole tangent, but I, there's sure. a lot of guys that I see that are have very successful. Yeah. But when I look at them, I go, oh, that's toxic. Toxic energy that got him there. Exactly it. That's exactly toxic energy that got him there. And that could be successful, but you're never going to be happy. Right. So it's a fulfillment piece, right? So it's like, I want people to just take a step back and say, it's not money that's going to make you happy because money does bring happiness. I truly believe money does make you happy because you can fix a lot of your problems with money, but happiness is fleeting. So you may be happy today because you got a big check in the mail for a hundred thousand dollars and you're like, man. I'm feeling good right now. You are happy as all hell. But tomorrow is Tuesday. You might go, man, I didn't get a check in the mail today. I'm not happy anymore. Yeah, Money does make you happy. But I want people to differentiate. It's not about the money. It's what is it in your alignment? Are you joyful? Do you have passion? Because it's a hell of a lot better when you get a $100,000 check and you're doing the things that you love than to get a $100,000 check doing the things that you don't love i.e. working a job that doesn't make you feel good, going into an office that you don't like being in, working for someone that you don't really like, you're just getting paid and hoping that that's going to fix the problem for you. So what we're talking about here is receiving money. What if we all lived in a world of receiving money or creating wealth where there's total alignment in abundance, joy, health, and wealth in our life? It'd be so much more fun to make all that money that you want to make as opposed to saying, I'm making $5 million a year, but I'm overweight. I don't really like my partner. My boss sucks. My company's like, eh, like boring. Well, you know, it's funny. I look at those tech jobs and I'm just using tech jobs as a, sure. as a, as a barometer. You know, they're making, you know, 600K, 400K, you know, 800K a year. And I'm like, you, you, you still stuck. 
Yeah, and guess like, where they're going? Yeah. They're going, they're going to Web3. They're yeah. going to a different industry with lower money, a lower floor of money, but they're in control of what they want to do because not only is their financial upside, but they're building something that they want to do. But I also think, and this is something that I recommend to my clients, you can live both lives while you're building this one over here. Like yeah. these two, too many guys are like, I'm going to burn the boats. I'm going to do this. I'm like, hey, well, hold on. You're yeah. bankable right now. Yeah. Try, try, try getting a loan for a car right now from an entrepreneur. Good luck. Like you yeah. have a W-2. Try getting a house. Good luck. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know. And it, yeah. And again, like the one thing to think about here is, is that there's a difference between emotionally burning the boats and then mm. physically burning the boats. So here's the differentiation between these two. You can, in your head, say, I am freaking done with this job. I don't want to be here anymore. Great. But that doesn't mean you physically do it because in the physical world, in this reality, you want to make sure that you're financially set up to make that transition super smooth. Sure, you're going to probably not be so happy. Sure, you're probably going to be like, God, why can't I just leave? But imagine, though, when we talk about money brings happiness, that you're utilizing that money that you're getting from that paycheck at the job that you don't like. And then when you get off your work at your paid job. You're using the money from your paycheck and putting it into the thing that you do love. Mm -hmm. That is a great way to segue from something you don't love to do into something that you do love to do. Yeah. And And that's the big thing. I don't recommend what I do. (laughs) (laughs) It was was two years of just trying to make it work, you know, like in any way I could. And it wasn't uh, always the rosiest and greatest months, right? But, you know, I learned the way I did and, and that's I'm stubborn. So here we are. But it's like, when I have a client, right? He wanted to leave his job. And I'm like, okay, great. Put a date on it, okay? Now put a date on it and understand that now that you've committed to this, probably five years earlier, he's a young kid, so it's not a big deal. But five years earlier than normal people probably leave their job for a career, their own thing. Understand that my standards of you and my expectations have gone up 20 20 times. Mm -hmm. So anytime that you complain to me, Anytime you don't do what I ask you to, you got eight months, baby. You got eight months and you're going to replace a very high paying job where you get to do whatever you want. So understand that I'm going to ask out of you. You've never felt this pressure before that I'm going to put on you because I know what needs to get done to get that. Know that you can be upset with me, but this is what you asked for. And so we got work to do. Right. And, and I think deadlines are so important, especially with like people I've interacted with in my reader base and also with clients and just people in the audience. A lot of times it's so hard because people know what they want, but they won't put a self-imposed deadline on it to actually go get it. Because in their head, the fantasy and the dream of having it all sounds way more real than actually stepping away from something mm-hmm. to go get that dream. And remember, it's not the fear of failure that I think people really, really deal with. It's the fear of success. It's the fear of being seen for something much greater than they think they are. Because they think once they obtain all of that, they've gotten to the top of the mountain. But a saying I heard a while ago, and I love this saying, is, is the further the, the further the top of the mountain is, the farther the fall. Mm-hmm. So most people think that, oh, this mountain tops here. I'm going to lose it all and drop all the way to the bottom. And it's like, no. It's only going to happen if you truly think it's going to happen. If you think you're going to lose it all, you're already setting yourself up to lose it all because now you're going to be so worried about not losing it all that that's all you're focused on. So I want everybody to think about this. We've all heard the saying, Austin, I'm sure you've heard this too. I have nothing to lose. Hmm. 
what have you changed it to? I have everything to gain. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not, I have nothing to lose. It's I have everything to gain. Completely different statement, completely different energy and empowerment with that. Mm-hmm. Because when you now step out the door, you go, quitting my job, starting this business, I have everything to gain. Mm-hmm. Asking, that, asking that girl that I've been talking to that I've had some interest in and I really like, I have everything to gain. Mm-hmm. Building this business at night, working, you know, five to nine, five to 10 p.m. every single night, Monday through Sunday, I have everything to gain. It's a completely different shift in mindset. And that was the same mindset I had when I approached my dad, which was, it's, I don't have nothing to lose talking or going on this road trip. I actually have everything to gain because mm-hmm. of that. So I have two questions before we yeah. get out of here. Sure. What did, what did your dad learn about you that he didn't know, do you think? I think he learned how much I truly care about other people winning. And that, I think that was a big thing for him. I think he didn't realize how much I truly care about other people winning because I firmly believe like my success in life is, is that when I help other people win, I win too. Like my businesses, my money, my friendships, my relationships all exponentially grow when I invest into other people and I pour into them and I help them win and get what they want. It's just, I, I can't tell you like, well, tell me exactly what the formula is. Like, I don't know. Okay. All I can tell you is it works when you pour yourself into other people and you serve other people. And that doesn't mean like you do play this, you know, martyr sainthood thing where you don't think about yourself and you're trying to pawn off like humility as like the way like, oh, I'm so, oh, I don't need that. Or, you know, no recognition. No, no. You don't have to do that. The reality is, is that you can still be about you and serve other people. And I truly care about other people winning and the work that I do, because that's what brings me joy because I win too. Everybody wins. And so that was the, that was the first thing. Um, <clears throat> And the second thing that he learned from me was how more like we are than we are the same. Cause I learned that about him too. Mm-hmm. I am my mm-hmm. father's son, but I am not my father. Mm-hmm. If you get that, then you'll see that you're going to already half of your dad, no matter what, but that doesn't mean you have to end up just like him. And I mm-hmm. think he thought for the longest time, me and him were exactly the same and we're not. And that actually brought us closer because of it. You kind of answered my second question, but then we'll add this one on. What do you think it did for you um, in your business and in your life for you to take that trip uh, with him? Yeah, it freed me. It freed me. It let me go after the things that I wanted to go after. I had everything to gain after that because there was no sense of fear or comparison or anxiety around either losing it all or anxiety of having it all and afraid of losing it. Um, thinking that, you know, I was never going to be as wealthy or I was ever going to be as valuable to him in terms of that financial state. Because the thing is, is that we often play the game that our parents want us to play with them. And that's where conflict arises. So we try to beat our parents at their own game. And I realized I was playing my dad's game. I'm like, I'm going to go out and show him that I'm better than him. And then like my subconscious is going like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know, but I'm just going to beat him at something. It's like, well, what are you beating him at? I don't know. I just want to beat him. And it wasn't until I realized that I shifted to playing my game, the game that I wanted to play, which was no longer I was in competition with him. I was in competition with myself. 
And then I could actually have a relationship. And because I moved from playing his game to playing my game, because it's my life, it's your life too, everybody's life. So it's not your parents' life. Your parents, deep down, I think, just want you to be happy, just want you to be successful for yourself. But the reality is for me, I'm trying to beat my dad in wealth and entrepreneurship and business and all of these things that are society values instead of looking at the thing that I wanted to value for myself. So I, I became free because of that. Because I learned to play my own game. So good. So if people want to find out the book, uh, yeah. they want to purchase it, they want to follow you, how would they do that? Yeah, totally. Um, so the book's available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And the book is called The Road Ahead and Miles Behind, A Story of Healing and Redemption Between Father and Son. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Mike.Ligori. That's M-I-K-E dot L-I-G-U-O-R-I. Uh, I post a lot of content during the week. Uh, really focusing on helping people design their lives the way that they want. Um, and you can also go to my website, mikelagori.com. Same last name, same person. I love it. Guys, if you got some value from this episode, send it to a friend and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.